so good to be with you guys this morning. We are wrapping up the Family Matters series, and today we are wrapping up with community. We're wrapping up with Group Link. Some of you are participating, you're life group leaders, and you're going to be out there at the end of the service. But we're going to be talking about what biblical community looks like today. And again, just I want to heavily emphasize on biblical community. So I don't want to spend any time talking about anything else but the Word of God. So I'm going to go right in. We're going to be studying today. We're going to really dig into chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 of the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible your phone, whatever, Acts 2.42, and we're going to go right in. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. All the believers. Not some, Right? All the believers. So I want that to like, just don't forget that. That's so important. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's what we're gonna focus on today. And there's two things, and I told this, the 9 a.m. service, and I'll tell you guys and those watching online, there's two things that are, well, the whole thing is important, but there's two things that I want you to remember. One is that they all, right? All the believers were together and had everything in common. Not some, not the ones that maybe wanted to, to be part of the community, not the ones that maybe were a little more extroverted, not the ones that maybe were a little friendly or had maybe a nicer house or maybe felt more comfortable to do something. But it says here, all the believers were together and had everything in common. And the other thing I want you to remember is it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, not Sunday, not Wednesday. Every day they continued to meet together and to do life together. And so we have this model and this is, you know, Jesus resurrected, Jesus gives this model. We have this model now. So there is a sense of like, we've veered off the path, right? Like, let's start there. We've kind of veered off the path. It would explain a lot of why we might be doing life the way we're doing life. It would explain a lot of why you feel the way you feel about church. It probably would explain a lot of why people, the community outside of the church body feels the way they feel about the church. Because there is a model for biblical community and it's right here. It tells us that they met every day. It tells us that they did life together, all of them, not some that liked it and some that enjoyed people it doesn't say, but the people that really didn't like people didn't show up. And I shared this earlier at nine o'clock. I just had this imagery when I was preparing for today. I was like, the people that say, I, I don't come to church. I really don't like being around people. You know, I haven't joined a life group because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really a people person. There's a huge problem with that. If you're a believer, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You have a huge problem. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if God has a special room for you where you're going to get to hide out and do life alone, but there's a lot of people going to be in heaven. And so I'm not really sure how you're going to handle that, but I think that excuse is null and void when you get to the heaven. 
And so we were never met. This is, listen, this is almost like a dress rehearsal for that moment when we see him face to face and we spend eternity with Christ. He's teaching us. He gives us his model. Listen, you're not supposed to do life alone. You're not supposed to walk this life alone. They all met together every day. And when you look at our culture and how we do life, it's no wonder so many people are depressed, anxious, suicidal, lonely. And I'm talking about Christians. It makes sense because we don't follow this because we read it and it's on the back of our shirts and we know it's there, but we come up with a lot of excuses why not to live that way. A lot of us do, right? We come up with a lot of excuses. And so today I, I wanna really touch on where are you at? Because there's two camps for, both, for all of us, for myself included. I, listen, I always include myself first in these things. I'm either in the camp where I need to grow in my relationship with God and God's been stirring my heart for a long time and he's saying, come on, get in the game. Get in a group. Get connected to the body of Christ. Start to grow. Start moving along. You're, you're, still, you're still here and I need you to move it along. Or for a long time, God's like, I, I deposited this, this desire in your heart to go and shepherd other people, which is biblical, go and make disciples. We know that, right? Matthew 28, 19. And you're not doing it. And so you're one or the other. You're the person that's like, oh, I'm just full of Bible knowledge. And I can answer every biblical question. But I've yet to disciple someone. I can't tell you when was the last time I discipled someone. That's painful when he's told us to go and make disciples. Or you sit somewhere and you're like, I, I'm not joining a life group because I don't know the word. Well, see, that's the very reason you need to join a life group. Because that is the bread of life. And if you don't have it, you're, you're dead meat. You're chopped liver. You got it. So you got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. And this is, this is in love. Because I've seen over the years people that continue to pull away. And, and I, I, I can't share too much. But you see this slow fade sometimes. And you're like, man, if they would have only connected to the body. If they would have only made the decision to connect to the body the trajectory of their life would have been so different. And so that's, that's where we're at today. What camp are you sitting in? What is God asking of you today? I'm gonna to start with point number one. Now that you know, you must grow. Right, praise Jesus. Now that you know, you must grow. It is, I think the most, the, the saddest thing to see is when people do this comparison game, like, Oh, I wish I could. You don't have to wish. You just have to grow. We just have to grow. Now that you know, which you know, Acts 2, 42 through 47, now I need to grow. Now I need to get into community, biblical community. Oh my goodness, they talked about Acts 2, 42 and 47. Where do I fall in this? And now it's time for me to grow. You know, you always see, it's, it's interesting, um, and we've, we've, all said, we've all seen this in our lives. You, you have two people, they surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And five years goes by, pretty much the same, you know, life story in the sense of upbringing and, you know, whatever. And someone's leaps and bounds. And someone else is just kind of standing back yet. And they're, they're just not moving along. 
And today, I want to tell you, if that's you, you need to draw a line in the sand. Because you can leave here today and feel like, yeah, I've thought about it many times. Yeah, probably next season I'll think about joining a group. You know what? Maybe next season, lots of sports this season. Maybe next season I can join a life group. Maybe next season. And I got, I'm going to tell you this in love. You're never going to do it. Because it becomes so easy to push that button and say next time. It becomes very easy to say next season, next time, when my kids are a little older. And listen, hear me out. I I had three little kids. They were all in the ages between 22 months each apart. I get it. There's seasons in our lives where we cannot do things. And we have to just kind of pivot and figure out how we're going to do life with other believers, how we're going to be connected to the body of Christ. I get it. There's seasons for everything. But then there's excuse making, which is very different. Seasons of life and excuse making are two very different things. And as long as you can come up with an excuse, you will always disqualify why you can't get in the game. Always. And I've seen it and it's, I'm telling you in love, it's the saddest thing. It's the saddest thing to see people year in and year out not grow. Because it's up to you. Someone else can't stifle your growth. You stifle your own growth. It's not someone's fault that you're not growing. It's yours. It's just yours. And, and so when, when I say this to you, it's in, in, with deep love and sadness because my heart's desire is to see people growing in authentic relationship with each other and growing in their walk with Christ where you're like, oh my goodness, look what the Lord has done. And so now that you know, you must grow. Point number two, God's love is on display. You're going to love the rhyming. It doesn't happen often, but here we go. God's love is on display when we learn to live this way. It's just not something we do. It's how God calls us to live. It's how he calls us to live. You want to see a world transformed. You want to see revival. You want to see revival in your own life. God calls us to live this way. God calls us to live in authentic community. God calls us to be on display for his glory. When your neighbors see people coming to your house and they're like, what, what's going on at your house? You're like, oh, I do my life group. Oh, what is that? Gives you an opportunity to share Jesus. When people see you getting ready, getting in your car, in your driveway, you got your little Bible or whatever else you need. They're like, oh, where are you going? I'm going to church. Oh, what, what are you guys doing at church? I have my life group. I go do life with these people. This isn't just something we do on a Sunday morning. This is how we live. This is how we live. Oh, why? Because Jesus instructed us to. This is the way God instructed the church to live. And so these are these opportunities that you get, that you get to put Jesus on display. We're not hiding we're not hiding from the world. I grew up in the church, and I, I think, and, and I'm guilty too. I, I use my phone as, as um, a Bible. I feel like that's like blasphemy. God forgive me. <laughs> but when I remember being a kid and seeing everyone going to church with their big old Bibles, everyone had like the evangelist Bible. And I, I don't know, right? If you have one, praise God, I do too. But I remember like that really would touch my heart. And I, I was a church kid, but that would touch my heart. I was like, they're going to church, you know, and there, there's, it's, it's us putting Jesus on display. 
So it doesn't matter. I'm not just knocking the device. I take the, but when people see you, you're going somewhere. People are coming to your house. You're getting to someone's house. You're, you're getting to church. When people drive by and they see cars here all on a Tuesday, all on a Wednesday, oh, there's, listen, most of you know this. There are groups every day of the week meeting at church. Let that, somebody needs to clap about that. They're literally, by the grace of God, by the glory of God, there are people getting together every day of the week doing life together living in authentic biblical community because they know that that's the only way we can do it. Listen, you don't have to do life alone. We say this over and over again because it's truth. Because your mind is always taking in information. And depending who you're with and what you're doing, it's either gonna be poured into by people who are pouring the word of God into you or it's gonna be from this world. You're either getting your information from your television, internet, your friends out there, or you're getting it from authentic biblical community. I would rather be sitting in a circle of people that are pouring into my life, that are growing me, that are holding me accountable, than sitting home alone. I don't know what's attractional about that, but I don't find that attractional at all. Sitting home alone, pondering my lonely life is not what God called us to at all. He called this authentic biblical community. And sometimes, like I said, we fall into this pit of like, and I know this because I believe 100% that we struggle all the time with spiritual warfare. I believe the enemy's always seeking to pull the sheep away from the fold. He's always telling you, they don't like you. You don't fit in. They're not really a good group for you. You probably shouldn't go. You're so busy, maybe you should do it next time. You gotta silence the enemy. You gotta silence the enemy. Say, God's called me to biblical community. No, I'm going, I'm going, God's called me to this. And so God's love is on display when we learn to live this way. And I, God's called us to love each other deeply. I love um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And I love this. Think about the body. There is not one eyeball over here, one leg over here. Can you imagine like, you would just see a roaming leg, a roaming, I don't know, a floating eyeball, an ear over here. This is how the church lives. You got an eyeball over here. You got an arm over there. You got a leg over there. And God's like, I've called you to be one body, one body united that the world sees me in you. That when you're united in spirit and in truth, walking in love, in God's love, Jesus is on display. He's like, you're one body. Stop acting like you're many parts floating around. Though you're all different, though I created you all different, though I've gifted you all differently, you still form one body. And that body is a representation of Jesus Christ here on earth. Not representation of me. Not a representation of you, a representation of him. And so he's called us to love deeply and understand that when we're united, it glorifies him. It's the body. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. 
Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. Again, you read this, you're reading through the New Testament. This is repeated over and over again. We are to be doing life together as the body of Christ. We, I'm gonna say it again. We're supposed to be doing life together as the body of Christ. Here's number three for today. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That is Matthew 9, 37. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people, you look around and, and you know, sometimes I, we've been here for a long time. So when people are like, the church is big, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so that means there's a lot of work to be done. That means that we need workers. That means that the harvest is plentiful. We have been called to disciple. We have been called to biblical community. And when we look around and you see the need to disciple people or yourself, I need to be discipled. God's saying, listen, the harvest is plentiful. I need workers. We need people that are gonna stand up and say, all right, I've had my fill. We never stop growing and we never stop learning, but what part do I play in the body of Christ? Because if you're part of the body of Christ, clearly you are a part. And what is your role in the body of Christ? What is God asking you to do? Where is God calling you to serve? How is God saying to you, how are you fulfilling this mandate that I have to live in biblical community. How are you doing this? And, and here's, here's what I wanted to share specifically for life group leaders. This is, and I, I love this quote. It's from John Maxwell. He says, we teach what we know, but, what we re, but we reproduce who we are. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. If we're Christ-filled, if we're spirit-filled, we're gonna raise up spirit-filled disciples. If you're unhealthy, your disciples will be unhealthy. If you're not a spirit-filled believer, you're not gonna raise up spirit-filled believers. You will replicate who you are. It is so necessary for each and every one of us to live in authentic biblical community, to be poured into, to be spirit-filled, and then go and do exactly what the word says to then raise up other disciples. That's what the word says. And so we, again, we have to be in this place. There's work to be done, but Lord, I need to be that person, especially as a life group leader, especially when we're, we're specific, because there's new people. We understand that there's people, they just started their journey. They're like, I have no idea, Maritza, what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. And please come and see us. We'll love to talk to you about it. But here's what I know as a life group leader. Life group leaders are to be life-giving. Life group leaders should be making disciples. Life group leaders should glorify God. Life group leaders should multiply. Life group leaders should be inviting. There should always be a seat at your table. We are not all exclusive. We are all inclusive. We should always have a seat at our table. And here's another part. You should be inviting your friends, your coworkers to your group, whether or not they attend church. You should always say, hey, come hang out with us. Hey, I'd love to have you be part of our group. There should always be an open seat. There should always be an opportunity for someone to get connected, to be part of the body of Christ. And that's what gospel unity is about. It's about allowing, and listen, we're all, again, we're all in a different place in our lives. And, you know, I, I have to share a personal testimony before I wrap up today. I had talked to Tony. She is our Life Hoops director. And she said, you know, Maritza, are you, 
Are you opening your groups? Are you doing groups this season? And I said to her, I think I'm going to take a season off. I said, I, I've done it. You know, this is my rationale. This is my flesh rationale. This is not a spirit rationale. I was like, I've done this for so long. I've kids ministry, student ministries, big people. I've, I think I'm good, God. Like I, I think I'm allowed. I'm the missions pastor. I'm doing missions. I, I think I can take a season off. And just, just to say this, I knew I was guilty, but I thought maybe God would give me a free pass. I have no idea why. I just, I don't know. I just believe that God would give me a free pass. So I, I'm in prayer and everything. And I asked God for specific signs. I, I asked him for specific signs, even though I was feeling heavily convicted. And I asked him for a specific sign. And I didn't know how exactly he was going to or who or what, but it was between me and God. And I, I kind of chuckled and cried all at the same time because he, he reminded me of so many things. And here's one before I share this testimony. And I asked the testimony I'm going to share today, I asked the person that's in my life group if I was allowed. So it's not, I'm not breaking confidentiality. I asked her if I could share her testimony and she said, yes, amen. Um, but I, I, I chuckled because Jesus reminded me in prayer, I gave it all for you. I held nothing back for you. Nothing. I held nothing back for you. When I died on that cross for you, I held nothing back. Nothing. And it was hard. It was hard. And I, I, I was reading and I read uh, Martin Luther says, a religion that gives nothing, that costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. Tell me, that is very sobering. That is very sobering. If this religion, if this walk costs you nothing, then it's worth nothing to you. It's worth nothing to you. When it costs you something, when it costs you sleepless nights because you're praying for your, your, your life group, when you're praying for the people you're discipling, when your heart's breaking because they're straying, God says, I paid it all and I'm going to sustain you, but it's going to cost you. This walk isn't a walk in the park. It's going to cost you because Jesus already paid it all, but there's work to be done here. And I was so convicted and then God is so faithful and so amazing. I get this text and I just started to cry. I was weeping, ugly, bleh, like I get this text from Valerie. She's in, in my evangelism life room. And she says, and I'll, I'll read it because I don't want to misquote her. She said, to think I almost ended my life when I got divorced, but God said, no, Satan, she is mine. And God said, I have so much for you. Just trust me and give it all to me. And he has taken every broken piece of my life and made a beautiful life that I could have never imagined or made my own. Maritza, I never thought I would be able to share Jesus, but your group has taught me that I can and that I have a voice and that God will help me. And she, she shares this. And Valerie is this, Valerie is this Jesus sharing machine. I get texts from her all the time. She is sharing Jesus. And she said, thank you, because my life could have been different. And I thought about this lifesaver. It's not because it's raining. I didn't bring this in today in case we get flooded out. I brought this in, right. I brought this in today because I thought, you know what a life group is? It's having a lifesaver in your hands. And when you feel like you're gonna sink and you're not gonna make it, you're able to throw this out. And someone's gonna catch and they're like, I got you. I got you. Someone's gonna see you drowning and they're like, I got her. I know her. Who are you going to call? 
Who's going to be the, who, who's going to be the person and who are going to be, who will be the people that you call when you feel like you're drowning? Who are the people that right now you're able to say, man, I need a lifesaver. I'm not going to make it. That's what biblical community is. That no matter what you're going through, the highs and the lows, you know someone's out there and they're, they're ready. They're ready for you. And I don't know how you find yourself right now, how you feel, but I would hope that everyone here would say, I know who would throw this out for me if I was sinking. It's time to get connected to the body of Christ. It's time to live in biblical community. And today I'm excited. Tony's gonna come out. She's gonna share more about that. But listen, keep this in your mind. Amen? There you go. God bless you guys.